Numbers chapter 16. Now Korah, the son of Itzar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab and On, the son of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, they took some men. They rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the congregation. They called to the assembly, men of renown. They assembled themselves against Moses and against Aaron and said to them, You take too much on yourself, since all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and Yahweh is among you, among them. Why do you lift up yourselves above Yahweh's assembly? When Moses heard it, he fell on his face. He said to Korah and to all his company, In the morning, Yahweh will show who are his and who is holy and will cause him to come near to him. Even him whom he shall choose, he will cause to come near to him. Do this. Have Korah and all his company take censers. Put fire in them and put incense on them before Yahweh tomorrow. It shall be that the man whom Yahweh chooses, he shall be holy. You have gone too far, you sons of Levi. Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you sons of Levi. Is it a small thing to you that this God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of Yahweh's tabernacle, and to stand before the congregation to minister to them? And that he has brought you near, and all of your brothers, the sons of Levi, with you. Do you seek the priesthood also? Therefore you and all your company have gathered together against Yahweh. What is Aaron that you complain against him? Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and they said, We won't come. Is it a small thing that you have brought us out of a land of milk and honey? To kill us in the wilderness? But you must also make yourself a prince over us. Moreover, you haven't brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you put out the eyes of these men? We won't come up. Moses was very angry and said to Yahweh, Don't respect their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them, neither have I hurt one of them. Moses said to Korah, You and all your company go before Yahweh, you and they and Aaron tomorrow. Each man take his censer and put incense on it, and each man bring before Yahweh his censer, 250 censers, you also and Aaron each with his censer. They each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and stood at the door of the tent of meeting with Moses and Aaron. Korah assembled all the congregation opposite to the door of the tent of meeting. Yahweh's glory appeared to all the congregation. Yahweh spoke to Moses and to Aaron saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. They fell on their faces saying, they fell on their faces and said, God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and you will be angry with all the congregation? Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the congregation saying, Get away from around the tent of Korah, Dathan and Abiram. Moses rode up and went, rose up and went to Dathan and Abiram and the elders of Israel followed him. 
He spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart, please, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So they went away from the tent of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. On every side, Dathan and Abiram came out, and stood at the door of their tents with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. Moses said, Hereby you shall know that Yahweh has sent me to do all these works, for they are not from my own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they experience what all men experience, then Yahweh hasn't sent me. But if Yahweh makes a new thing, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belong to them, and they go down alive into Sheol, then you shall understand that these men have despised Yahweh. After he finished speaking all these words, the ground that was under them split apart. The earth opened up its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, all of Korah's men and all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol. The earth closed on them and they perished from among the assembly. All Israel that were around them fled at their cry, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up. Fire came out from Yahweh and devoured the 250 men who offered the incense. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest, that he take up the censers out of the burning and scatter the fire away from the camp, for they are holy. Even the censers of those who sinned against their own lives, let them be beaten into plates for a covering of the altar, for they offered them before Yahweh. Therefore they are holy. They shall be assigned to the children of Israel. Eleazar the priest took the bronze censers which those who were burned had offered, and they beat them out for a covering of the altar, to be a memorial to the children of Israel, to the end that no stranger who isn't of the offspring of Aaron would come near to burn incense before Yahweh, that he not be as Korah and as his company, as Yahweh had spoken to him by Moses. But on the next day, all of the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and against Aaron, saying, You have killed Yahweh's people. When the congregation was assembled against Moses and against Aaron, they looked toward the tent of meeting. Behold, the cloud cover it, covered it, and Yahweh's glory appeared. Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of meeting. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. They fell on their faces. Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer, put fire from the altar in it, lay incense on it and carry it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from Yahweh, the plague has begun. Aaron did as Moses said and ran into the middle of the assembly. The plague had already begun, begun among the people. He put on the incense and made atonement for the people. He stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed. Now those who died by the plague were 14,700 in addition to those who died about the matter of Korah, Aaron returned to Moses to the door of the tent of meeting, and the plague was stopped. Wow, there's a, a lot in that chapter. And, um, but it begins with some people, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and others, that, that felt that they deserved you know, a better job or they deserved more recognition. Korah was a Levite, he was a son of Kohath, and so he had the job of, 
along with the other Kohathites, of packing up the tabernacle and moving it. They were responsible for the furnishings of the tabernacle and, uh, you know, the, the furniture of the tabernacle, the drapes and things like that. We've read about that in a previous chapter in um, Numbers 4 or somewhere there from memory. But this, son, this Korah, he actually wanted to have a priestly responsibility, and that was only for the sons of Aaron. So he, he's trying to elevate his responsibility, and he's basically trying to get greater recognition and to, to he basically wants ministry recognition. Now, the re need for recognition is something we all have as people. Why God would choose Moses on one hand, someone who did not want to be chosen. You know, we in the start of Exodus, Moses gave all these excuses. He did not want God to pick him, but God picked him. But now we've got someone here who's wanting to be picked. He's wanting God to use him, but God doesn't want to use him. Why does God pick someone who doesn't want to be used and God not pick someone else who does? It's almost certainly got to do with the attitudes and the inner workings of the heart. As a pastor, over the years, there's certain people in the church that are always trying to push themselves forward. Um, not so much in the church now at Peace. At Peace, we've got a great spirit of community here, and the need for recognition isn't, isn't such a thing. People tend to be very content with what the Lord has given them, but... I know that in the body of Christ in general, um, not so much in peace, this is a big problem. And in my previous congregation in Mount Morgan, this was definitely a problem where people would come to... In fact, we made a rule. We made a rule that no one could do anything in the church unless they'd been regularly attending for at least 12 months. And the reason we'd made that rule was because in a little church like Mount Morgan, people would blow, would blow into town and they'd had some previous you know, role in, in a previous church, and they would immediately expect that you're going to have to use me because you, know, you don't have very many musicians, and I'm a musician, so you have to use me. And they were demanding to be used. But the problem was they had a terrible attitude. They, their attitude was one of, um, I'm someone that God can use, and look at me, I'm at least as good as you, and, and God works through me. And so they were... The focus was very much about them and their ministry and how they were important and how they had to be used. And you can see how that was quite different to Moses, where Moses recognized how he wasn't a good person and he didn't have anything to offer and he didn't want to be used. And, and, but in the end, he served God and he did what God wanted out of obedience, um, but it wasn't something he was doing for his own benefit. Big differences here. And the Lord knows the, the hearts of people. And um, so as a pastor, you know, there were people I didn't trust. This is not here at peace. In peace, we trust. there's a great deal of trust in this congregation. But in Mount Morgan previously, and not with people presently in the church there now, but there were people I didn't trust. There were, for example, there were the, these people that I had put that rule upon. And I had said, for 12 months, you're not allowed to serve in the church. Do you know what happened on the 12th when the anniversary of their joining the church? They said to me, we've been here for 12 months and now you've got to use us. And so there was something, something was just wrong there. But silly me, <laughs> I used them. And these people had previously been pastors. And it just goes to show that even sometimes people who, who've had good ministry experience can do bad things. And I had 
I was out of town for a week, ministering somewhere else in the place I was, didn't have mobile phone reception. When I came back to the church the following weekend, the things they had done were unbelievable and the church had split in half and I'd lost half my congregation in one weekend when, when I wasn't there. They had said things that I would never have approved of and, and people just felt, and they had said it in my name as though David wanted me, us to say this to you and, and it was terrible. Well, God alone knows why he chose, chooses people and doesn't choose others. But we have to be very, very careful not to strive for ministry positions that God isn't giving to us. But our heart should be an attitude of humility, saying, Lord, I will do whatever you want, even if it's going to be a position of no recognition, even if I'm going to be the janitor. And I can tell you right now, there are people in, in, in who serve here at peace and they do work like janitorial work they clean toilets they vacuum they don't get a lot of recognition they you know i mean i recognize who they are and whenever i see them i'm really appreciative but most of the congregation wouldn't know who these people are there are people who mow the lawn at the church there's a roster there are people who are doing things uh there, there are quite a lot of people that do things where they don't get recognition and they're I know, well, at least at peace, I know they're, they're happy to do that. They're happy to serve the Lord without the need for recognition. But it's that heart which brings the blessing of the Lord. And it may be that the blessing of the Lord doesn't, or the, you know, ultimately, the Lord will recognize those who've served him and there'll be a blessing for them. And it may be that in, in their eternal reward that there's a great blessing for those who've served with a selfless heart. But here we've got Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and they're demanding recognition. They're demanding better, a better position, a better ministry position. They're so rude. Dathan and Abiram, they basically say to Moses, you've brought us out of a land of, world, of milk and honey into a wilderness. You know, their perceptions of what Egypt was really like are so biased that they are thinking that Egypt's this wonderful place. You've brought us out of something wonderful into a place that's terrible. It, they're so rude, Moses prays against them. We just read it in the chapter. <laughs> Moses says, Lord, don't receive their offerings. It's tough when you are so, you know, not you, but you figuratively, you as a, as a whoever, is so rude that your leaders even want to pray against you. There's a quote here from, from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. It says, have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden for that would be of no benefit to you. When people um, grumble and complain against their leaders or they clamor for position or they're striving to get ahead or they're tearing others down, they're demanding that they get recognized, they're not supporting their leaders. When all these things happen, it makes those who are the leaders over them, burdened. It weighs down their mind and their heart, and it's not a, according to Hebrews 13, it's not beneficial for you. I mean, we could see right there in the story of Dathan and Abiram that Moses prayed against them. I don't think there's many examples of Moses praying against the children of Israel, but this is definitely one of them. But rather, imagine that you instead 
appreciate your leaders. You go to them and you say, I'm available to serve however you want. Whatever you decide, I'm willing. Whether it's, it's you know, a public job or a private job or you know, I'm not asking for anything, but I'm available. And you, know, you say the same to the Lord. Lord, I'm available for whatever you want. Whether it's a, even if it's cleaning the toilets. And um, Lord, if it's serving the poor. If it's visiting the aged at the old care home. There are many jobs that, that are important and they're on the hearts of God. It's, it's you know, serving your neighbours. There's things in the kingdom of God that don't get recognition and we're called to be servants. And um, so these, these are the attitudes here. You know, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, these are the attitudes we have to avoid. And um, after all of this happened... Um, you know, the plague came, killed a heap of people. The ground opened up and swallowed Korah and his whole family. You know, very visual display of God's judgment. After all of this happened, the very next day in verse 41, it says that the congregation complained against Moses saying, you have killed Yahweh's people. You've killed God's people. They blame Moses for these things. And, you know, you might in a, today be questioning, how on earth could they even think that? But um, I, guess, I guess the children of Israel perceived that Moses had control of God's power. And in fact, in the Egyptian mindset, remember these people were in Egypt all their lives. They've only been out of Egypt for just over a year. And, um, you know, when you've become a Christian for only, say, a year or two, you still have a lot of ways of thinking that have to change. These Israelites had only been out of Egypt for just over a year and they still had a lot of old ways of thinking. An Egyptian thought was that the leader, like the Pharaoh, was God. And a lot of these people, they looked at Moses as kind of the same as God. So in other words, when they were complaining about God or when they were complaining about Moses, they, in their minds, it's the same thing. When God judged people, a lot of them would have thought that it was Moses judging people. Now, Moses knew that he wasn't. Moses knew that he was completely dependent on God, but it was not clear um, in the minds of people. So they blame Moses. They say, you have killed God's people. And they are thinking that this is a very unfair dictatorship. And um, later on in, um, in Numbers, and, and you know, God basically, there's a moment when Moses does something that he's not supposed to do. And God judges Moses and Moses comes under God's judgment and God says to Moses, you will not go into the promised land because you did not obey my word. We're going to get to that later. Now that's, that's a far more, that's a wonderful teaching moment for the children of Israel because that, when they see Moses judged the same way that they're judged, they realize something about God in that moment. They realize Moses isn't God. They realize that, it, that all these things that are happening to them, it's God doing it to them. And um, we'll talk about that when we get to that. And um, so finally, God sends a plague. 14,000 of them are destroyed. Moses intercedes. And you have to see in this, the mercy of the Lord is never ending. You know, Moses interceding, the Lord responding. How wonderful is our Saviour Jesus? The, the, the things we have done against him are just as bad. We've grumbled, we've complained, we've been sinful, we've demanded positions, we've strived for recognition, we've strived to get ahead, we've put other people down, we haven't loved our fellow believers as we ought, we've treated God so terribly so much of the time, 
and yet we've experienced the mercy of God. Isn't the Lord wonderful to us? Father, there's so much in this chapter. We've hardly had time to consider it all, but we come to you with an attitude of repentance and we say, forgive us, Lord, for the sin of Korah's rebellion that's in our own hearts. Forgive us for striving to get to elevate our own position and our own recognition. But Lord, forgive us for that. We want to come to you today and say, Lord, we are willing, we're your willing servants. We're willing to serve you any way that you ask. Lord, if it's something grand or hard, or if it's something easy for which we will never be thanked, Lord, we we want to declare our willingness to you today. And we give you that. Um, it's the least we can do. And help us, Lord. Help us to be godly. Help us to walk in righteousness, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.